Welcome back to another week of the Be In Demand podcast. And today I am bringing on a PR agency and Christina Nicholson. And we have this amazing conversation about pitching, what to do afterwards so that you're that person that's actually building the relationship with the meeting planner, with the podcast host, with the person, the journalist, the TV producer. There are so many different forms of really organic PR, organic visibility that you can be taking advantage of right now. And if you're just getting started, don't worry, we have something for you also. So let's get on to the show. You're listening to Be In Demand, the podcast for honest advice, inspiring stories, and ideas for growing your business by leveraging the expert that you are. I'm your host, Loria Mirabito, business mentor, and I'm also a reformed, painfully shy girl, red wine lover, and exercise enthusiast. Join me as I share how being positioned as the expert in your industry, even if it's a busy one, will help you stand out and be the one in demand to hire and work with. Well, hello, everybody. And today I have a special guest, Christina Nicholson. And we are going to be talking about different forms of media, different forms of like, how do you elevate your brand and your with your business and just get yourself out there? This is her jam. So Christina, just give us like a little snippet of who you are, how you got here, all that good stuff. Okay. Well, thank you, Lorianne, for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. So long story short, I'm a former TV reporter and anchor. That's what I went to school for. That's what I did straight out of school. And I did it for over 10 years. I actually still do it, just not on a full-time basis. I do it more on a, on a freelance basis when I'm needed by other companies. But when I was in that role, I got a lot of pitches by people in PR or business owners who were looking for publicity and looking to get that quote unquote free commercial. And a lot of the people were pitching wrong. Like it was just so obvious that they never worked in a newsroom. They didn't know what we did in our morning meetings and how we decided what to cover and how to cover it, all of the things. So when I was looking for something with a more flexible schedule, I left that job and I worked at a PR agency for six months, had a terrible boss, had all of the, the problems that, um, you leave a business for just like super controlling a clock watcher, not flexible, all of the things. So I then decided to start my own agency and that was about seven years ago. And I started as what I call a professional freelancer. And then I grew into an agency. So now we do a couple of things. We do totally done for you services for those bigger companies that do at least 2 million in revenue a year. And then for those smaller businesses that want to get exposure and want to build their personal brand, but don't have a budget, we teach you how to do it. So we have a done or a do it yourself online course with some support in a Facebook group, and then a done with you, where we get on calls with you, we go over your pitches, things like that. Wonderful. Now, myself having come from, you know, before I came into this online world, I was actually a speaker for the leadership and corporate engagement industry. That, those were my topics. So I, I totally get the why you left because of a bad boss. Yes. <laughs> but also like that bad boss is like why you're here too. So sometimes we really do need those really nasty experiences. That's but, true because I never wanted to be an entrepreneur or have my own my have my own business. It was just kind of like I wanted a flexible schedule and nobody would give it to me. So I just had to kind of make it myself. Good for you. 
Very good for you. So what's it been like being an entrepreneur? Especially since you never thought that you wanted to be one. Right. Well, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. Like the first two years were very tough and very stressful because, you know, like my income was inconsistent. Mm -hmm. I was always stressing out about, you know, how much money I'm going to make this month, where I'm going to get my leads. I was working 24 seven. I was super afraid to invest in my business, but um, I hired a business coach and I didn't have the money. So I put it on a credit card. I mean, most people don't have thousands of dollars laying around just waiting for something. So I put it on my credit card and I said, I'm going to do exactly what this business coach says to do because I don't like wasting time or money. And my goal was to pay it off in a year. And I paid it off in six months. I up leveled to another coaching program. Since then I've had multiple business coaches and, I don't think twice about investing in my business anymore. That was the biggest money mindset hurdle. I didn't know I had a money mindset problem, but I did because I was afraid to invest in my business. And that really changed everything. You know, like there was just so much support, so many things I didn't know that I had to learn, like how do I pay a team and how do I grow a team without losing so much money and keeping some money for myself and all, it's just so much. So, um, once I started learning more and investing in my business, then it almost becomes like addicting. Then you want multiple streams of revenue. Then you want to do this and do that. And it's, it's something like I would never go back to working full-time for corporate America. I just can't go back to asking for a vacation day or somebody telling me how many times I can call in sick in a year. Like I just could never. <laughs> right. Right. So and I, I, re I really enjoy the, having that conversation about um, instead of it being an expense to hire a business coach, you looked at it as like it was an investment. Totally and was. I mean, two different mindsets. Oh my gosh. I read the book Secrets of a Millionaire Mind. I recommend that for anybody, even if you don't think you have a money mindset problem. I'm a big reader, so I don't like to read the same book twice because I like to read so many things, but I might pick that one up again and read it twice just because it was so good. I might have to pick that up. You have also. to. I don't think I've read that. Thank it's you for that. So good. So let's just dive into what you, part of your intro about bad pitches, mm. about those morning meetings, because people are, you know, like I've had clients who have gotten on TV because they were on stage, but mm. they, you know, like it was a really easy pitch for them, but let's talk about like what those boring, awful pitches are like, what, like, let's just tell people like what, here's what, what you shouldn't be doing. Okay, great. So what you should not be doing is writing long, boring press releases. Mm -hmm. This is, and just press releases in general, honestly, like they worked great in the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, but the last thing a journalist wants in their inbox right now is another long, boring press release. One, they're too long. Two, they're formatted in a way that when you get them, you're like, oh, great. Here comes another promotion because nine times out of 10, they're very promotional. They're not news. If something's news, you don't have the time to put it into a press release and get it approved and this and that. And uh, Laurieann, something that helps a lot of small business owners is the fact that they don't have a legal department. They don't have all the red tape to cut through. It's so much easier to pitch the media. So don't write a long, boring press release. And number two, don't make your pitch overly promotional. I know you want to get media exposure to promote yourself, your brand, your business, your service, your product, whatever it is. But 
it is not the media's job to give you a promotion. They're not sitting around waiting for somebody to pitch them so they can promote you as the next best thing. You have to be newsworthy. So there are so many ways you can do that. It's honestly the hardest part of pitching the media because you do have to come up with a new angle every few weeks because that's the definition of news. If there's no reason for the story to be done right now, then you have to find a reason. So don't be overly promotional. I promise you when you get the coverage, the promotion will happen by default. It is a side effect of every time you are interviewed on a podcast, every time you do an interview with your local TV station, you're quoted in an online article or a print magazine, you get that promotion by default. So don't like try so hard because it's only going to work against you. And I would say those are the biggest mistakes people make. Wow. Like, I don't even, there's so, there's so many different places that, that we could just like go from there. But what do you, like, if somebody wants to start um, pitching media, like, what is like one of the first things that you recommend or that you would recommend my audience? Like, even just some basic research before you send the pitch. The first thing I tell people, because I hear from so many people, specifically when I talk about my my online course, is they say, oh, I'm not ready for this. I don't have enough money. I don't have a big enough brand. And they come up with excuses on why they're not ready for publicity. But the fact of the matter is, is that's how you get money. That's how you get a big brand. That's how you, you get clients and customers because people can't do business with you if they don't know about you. So the first thing, you just have to bust that myth because there are people, and I'm sure you see them, they are less successful, less ethical. Sometimes they're just complete idiots and they're busy and they're getting media coverage. That's because of the perception. When you're in the media, people think, oh, that's who I wanna do business with. So I just wanna bust that myth right away. If you're ready for a new speaking gig, a new client, a new customer, a new email on your list, then you're ready for this. And the first thing you wanna do Obviously, you want to think of who is my audience. Don't get distracted by like Forbes, the Today Show, CNN, because yes, it's great. It's impressive. You could use that coverage down the road for credibility and all of that. But what is your goal? Because if your goal is to get speaking gigs, then I would focus on podcasts. If your goal is to build your credibility and awareness in a certain industry, then I would focus on outlets that focus on that specific industry, like really niche down. So look at where you want to be and the kind of people you want to get in front of. And then from there, you're going to kind of start building a media list. For podcasts, I suggest using Podcast Cloud. It makes it super easy to really niche down and build a list and get all the contact information. But other than that, just go to websites, go to Twitter. Twitter is great for finding those contacts for journalists. And then after you figure out where you wanna be and why you wanna be there, you need to come up with some newsworthy story ideas. Podcasts are a little different just because podcasts aren't super timely. I mean, I know I've been on podcasts while I'll record today and the episode won't come out for three or four months. I know I record my episodes weeks, months in advance. Mm -hmm. Podcasts, I mean, depending on the podcast, they're not really like, news focus. They're more expertise focused. That's why I like podcasts for people building a personal brand or a speaking business. But for every other pitch, you definitely want a reason for that person on the other end to say, oh, I have to do this story now. And this is why I have to do the story now. So it has to be newsworthy. So either a new study came out in your industry and you can shed some light on it or news broke in your industry nationally, and this is how you can localize it in your area, or 
news broke in one industry, but this is how it relates to your industry. And you can pitch those niche outlets, whether it's a website or a magazine or even, you know, something local or a podcast with an angle. So for example, if you are in the real estate niche and something came out about cryptocurrency, you could say, hey, this is how it relates to real estate type of thing. So you just always want to stay on top of what's happening and how you can kind of insert your expertise into it. I love that. Almost like, you know, here's my thought leadership constantly making the connection, you know, like with for, for people like here's a new study and here's, you know, I, I call it like drawing a line from like point A to point B for people. Yeah, definitely. Some people call it newsjacking because you're like jacking the news. That's and it's true. yours now. <laughs> but yeah, it's exact. I mean, and that's really because that's what makes it newsworthy. So that's really what's going to be your low hanging fruit when it comes to finding those story ideas or else you may come off as being a little too promotional and self-serving. So there's, it's, it almost sounds to me like there's a lot of uh, research that's going on that you're being aware of different uh, news articles that are coming up. Is there anything that you tell your clients like, like, here's a checklist, like what you should be doing each day, you know, to like, I have a friend, I mean, he sometimes uh, we talk about like, what's actually happening, you know, in the world and the news, and he'll tell me that he like reads like 120 pieces of information, like each morning, I don't know exactly if he's actually reading the entire article, which I doubt, but to gather that much information on a daily basis, you know, uh, what, what do you tell your clients? Well, good news. You don't have to do all that. That's a Thank lot. You. Thank you. <laughs> so that's the good news. I mean, really, it's not a ton of research when it comes to what to pitch in your industry, because if this is your expertise, you should know, you should just be, you know, like up on what's going on anyway. And maybe you're already creating content for it on your blog or your social media. So you can just kind of recycle that and turn it into a timely pitch where your research is going to be, it's really just finding who to pitch and how to pitch them. Um, and I have tons of resources I'm going to share later, Lorianne, that will help your audience. But it's really just building those connections with people so you stand out in their inbox and building those relationships so you can keep going to them with opportunities and you can be a continuous source for them because you are pitching them the right way. You're sharing their content the way they want it to be shared. You're tagging them on social media and they're very grateful for that. <clears throat> so it's not a ton of research. Like I said, the trickiest part is just making it relevant to now. So if something is newsworthy today, it's probably not going to be newsworthy in a month. In a month, it's going to be old news. So it's just a matter of sometimes doing a Google search. This is a trick that I used for one of my media mentoring clients because she teaches women how to work from home. She speaks a lot on starting your own business from home. And I said, okay, this is, you know, you have a lot of great knowledge to share, but why should the media do this story now? And so we went to Google and we searched women working from home. We tapped on the filter news, and then we tapped on the filter for the last month. And we found a news article that said four out of 10 women at home are the breadwinners. And I said, perfect, this is new, this is newsworthy. So we're gonna pitch this, and then we're gonna say, hey, if you wanna talk to a local woman who is a breadwinner and teaching other women how to do this, here's Jessica Stansberry, and she can come in and she can talk to you about X, Y, Z. And we literally pitched that on a Monday within a Monday morning. We, we had our conversation at nine. I knew somebody in the Charlotte market where she lived 
And she was booked on TV to come in on the local Fox station in Charlotte, which is a top 30 market by noon. And that was how we did it. It was like, look, here is a news story. This is recent. This is happening now. Here is a local expert who can speak on it. And then she does that clip. All of Charlotte, you know, potentially could see her. And then she Mm -hmm. takes that clip. She can turn it into a Facebook ad. She can put it on her media page. She can include that when she's pitching speaking gigs. I mean, I got my TEDx talk by sharing all of the media I earn on LinkedIn. And somebody who was promoting a local TEDx event in Boca Raton saw that and reached out to me and said, hey, I want you to do a TEDx talk. Not sure what the topic is. No, I want it to be under the media umbrella, but I love what you've been sharing. I love the media that I see and I want to invite you. So not only does this media give you credibility to the people who are seeing it, hearing it, watching it in the moment, but when you use it on your platforms long-term, people will take notice and they'll be like, geez, that person's always in the media. That person's here, there, and everywhere. So you have that credibility and authority. And then whatever you're selling, even if it's booking speaking gigs, a product, a service, whatever it is, it just makes the sale so much easier because you have that credibility and authority. I know that's like a totally loaded answer to your question, but. (laughs) (laughs) That was great though. That was really great. Um, Wow. It's just like making me think about like all of these different places that uh, most people are just are really missing. It's almost like it's slipping through through their fingers. I also kind of like want to touch on the building the relationship with these um, these people who would be booking you producers, um, even meeting planners. Once you have been on the news, like, for, for example, the woman that you were just sharing in Charlotte, you know, do you encourage your clients to actually like keep reaching out to that person every once in a while, even just to say hi, not necessarily yes. to pitch the next big idea? A hundred percent. I'm a big fan of the boomerang extension in Gmail. That just, it's it literally just does what it says. It's, it acts like a boomerang. So Lorian, if I email you today and I want to keep in touch with you, then I will send you an email today and then I'll make the boomerang come back to me in a month. So that email I sent you will come back to me in a month. And that acts as my reminder to send you another email just to check in. Maybe there's another story I want to pitch you. But besides doing that, you could keep a Google spreadsheet of everybody you've worked with in the past. Here's their name. Here's their email. Here's a link to whatever the work was that we've done together in the past. And then one day when you have extra time, just go through and check in. I also recommend following these people on social media. Maybe you can copy their handles in a spreadsheet and always comment on what they're doing, share what they're doing. Because if they're ever looking for a source for something, because you've been in contact, they're probably going to look for you next time. And also I tell people this all the time and people rarely listen, but this makes such a difference is when you are a part of a story that they do, or you are on their podcast, for the love of God, please share it on your social media. If they make it easy for you to find their handle, to tag them, then tag them. I share every piece of media I ever earn. Sometimes I don't tag the person just because like it's hard to find their handle because it's something funny or it's different on every platform or it's not in their email signature or whatever. But if they see that you are sharing their content, they are a hundred times more likely to come back to you. I have had two different occurrences where I've had two clients not share the media that they earned 
And then the next time we went back to the writer, the writer actually said to us, we're going to their competition because they didn't share it with their audience and their competition did. I've had that happen twice. And it is, I mean, the, the way that a lot of these writers and journalists get paid sometimes is by clicks. Like their bosses are seeing how many clicks they get. Podcast, we can see how many people download our podcasts episodes so like if it's not popular and you're not sharing it then why would I want to invite you back like why would I want to give you more coverage so it's really I mean it sounds like common sense I think it's common sense but so many people don't do it I agree agree I've I keep track of of my downloads and the guests that I have on and I can tell if a guest has shared it or not and um what what are your thoughts on repeating that share like a oh month my gosh. down the road because that's something that I do with podcasts oh, yeah. that I'm on. Totally. I'm just curious about the news outlet though. Totally. I share every, I mean, I literally, I, I use Agora Pulse as my social media scheduler. I put it in there in a queue to repeat over and over and over again. I mean, I still share podcast episodes that I was on like five years ago because there are people who are just following me today on social media. They don't know what I've been on and what I've done. And if it's still relevant, if it's timely, I'm not going to share it, you know, months and years in advance because it'll be irrelevant. But I share that stuff for months and years on end because one, most people aren't going to see it. Social media is a constantly moving feed. Most of us don't right. see most mm -hmm. of what's posted by our friends. Two, if they saw it, they've seen a million things since then. So they forgot. So here's a little reminder. I'm showing you again. And three, for those people who are just now finding you, who've never seen any of your posts before, even if they did follow you. So really, I mean, it's a mistake to just share it once. It's nice if you're sharing it once because some people don't do that, but I highly recommend sharing it over and over and over again. 100%, I, I do too. Um, but that's, that's good to know because that's just something that I do just yeah. because I, to me, it's like, I just want to be, it's my way of like sending the person that I was on their podcast to send that podcast host, like almost like a gift. Yeah. Like, it's like, thank you. you. It's common courtesy. It's a thank you. And it's good for you. Like you're doing PR on your PR. Like people don't understand that. Like they think, oh, I was on their outlet. Everybody already saw it. Like I wrote for Inc. Magazine for two years and I never once got a client from people saying, oh, I saw this article in Inc. Magazine. I got my clients from me sharing those articles on my LinkedIn. And people are saying, hey, I keep seeing you sharing this stuff on LinkedIn. You write for Inc. How can I get an Inc.? How can I do this? Like, that's just how it works. And I don't know if people don't believe me. That's why they don't do it. But people, you got to do it. I'm telling you. I, this is such a passionate topic for both of us. It's like, just promote stuff. Because yeah. you're right. Like, um, who says anybody saw it the first time? I know. It's or a good reminder. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's just so much that's going on in the world. And even if you did see it once before, you probably forgot what it was all about. Exactly. It's going to be a great reminder. Go read it again. It's not, it's kind of like, you know, like the book that you're going to reread again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was so good. I'm going to go back to it. Good. So let's talk about like how to pitch. Actually, I have, I have another question too. That probably is uh, what we, we should tackle first. If somebody's just getting started and they don't have like, they haven't been on anybody's podcast, they don't have their own podcast, they haven't done any speaking events, what do you recommend that they start doing? You know, should they start like, 
hey, look, let me do a Facebook Live. Let me start doing some Instagram stuff, you know, so mm-hmm. that so that there almost is a catalog for somebody to go and like, oh, and to learn from them before they have them like on TV or on their podcast. Yeah, I mean, I think, I honestly feel like Facebook Live is way more intimidating than a podcast interview because a live is a live. Like I used to be a reporter and anchor. So I can tell you like live TV. I mean, it's like nothing now because I have so much, so many years of experience, but when I started, I was so nervous. So like, I would say totally work up to Facebook live, but you definitely want to have some kind of presence. If you're a speaker, I like LinkedIn. I like LinkedIn for anything B2B and you should be posting. I mean, and it's not hard to use a social media scheduler. Like I said, I use Agora Pulse. You can be active there every single day. So um, I suggest using LinkedIn because if I'm going to hire a speaker for an event, I'm going to look at you online. Like, what are you sharing on what, like, what is your platform and what are you sharing? Um, I also like YouTube for speakers and people who want to build their personal brand, just because you can really build a niche platform there and you're speaking and you're on camera and it doesn't have to be live. So it's not like intimidating, like Facebook live is you can edit it and all of that. So I would look at YouTube. I would look at LinkedIn and definitely start getting booked on podcasts because you want to have like, this is my media. This is what I'm putting out there. This is what I'm saying I'm good at, but this is me being on another person's stage. And you can consider being like right now, Lorianne, I'm on your stage. You've invited me to your stage. Mm -hmm. So I think have your own content that you can control, but then get on podcasts so you can build your personal brand, build that new audience and you can share with other people like, hey, this isn't just me telling everybody what I do. Other people have invited me on to tell their audience what I do. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. Other people's audiences. Absolutely. Just getting in front of more people, sharing your message. However, you know, like however you do that. And I love podcasts personally, just because of that constant, um, like it's always going to be out there. Yeah. As long as that podcast you know, is, is, is out there at least. Um, but I enjoy it too, but you're right. It's that credibility. So this is a great lead into like, let's talk about how to pitch yourself to get onto podcasts because we're both podcast hosts Mm -hmm. and I'm sure you get like a ton of pitches also. And I like, depending on what the subject line is, depending what that first line is, I'm just like, delete, delete, delete. Yes. Okay. So, so what makes you delete a pitch? It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about my audience. It's uh, it's so I'm going to use the word selfish. Overly promotional. It's, yeah, it's like it's like oh, look at me, look at me, look at me. You should have me or or it's it's some sort of um uh like a VA, somebody who's like, "Oh, you should have this person on your podcast." And they haven't given me any reason that's even related to my podcast or what Mm. I talk about or what my, what, you know, the information that I share with my audience. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that for me, similar, same thing. Mm -hmm. And then in a pitch, I like to see specific talking points, like one through five, this is what we're going to talk about. These are the takeaways for your audience. And I want them to be so specific. I've never seen them before. I'm actually recording. You're going to come on my podcast today and I'm before you, I'm talking to somebody else And I knew of this person and of this person's business and the pitch I got from his VA was terrible. And I was like, ah, I really want to have this person on. And I want to talk about things I know he knows about. So can you give me like more specific talking points? 
And it was like, I don't know if she was a bad VA or if there was laziness happening, but like, I want talking points. I want you to pitch an idea to me that I've never heard before. Don't tell me how to grow a business through marketing. Tell me how to increase traffic to my website by 300% by using Pinterest. That is a specific, that's growing your business by marketing, but that is so specific. I can say, okay, one, two, three, this is what you need to do. And we get tangible takeaways. We don't get that generic information we've heard a million times. I want a specific pitch with specific takeaways. And if I get that and it's something that interests me, then I'm totally going to cover it. Um, For example, I had somebody pitch me something and he pitched me five different ideas. And one of them was getting a Wikipedia page. And I was like, that's something I've heard people talk about. There's a lot of like questions around that. And I've never covered that before. So let's talk about that. So the whole episode is going to be focused on that specifically. So I selfishly, if it's something I want to know and I've never heard about before and I want to learn, I'll have you on. Or if it's something that's so specific that like the steps are amazing and so tangible that people can be like, oh my gosh, I can stop this episode and actually go execute these things. Then I want to have you on. When I started my podcast, I used, I don't want to say I used to bring anyone and everyone on, but I did, you know, like if I knew the, like I would bring other PR professionals on and it's like, I know what they're going to say. Excuse the banging. My two-year-old wants in behind me. This is the, these are the joys of working from home. He knows he's not supposed to come in. So he's not opening the door. Instead, he's just banging. Um, This is just real. This is just real life. I'm not even going to edit this out because this is fun. It's, I really don't like when this happens, sometimes my kids will get on the podcast because they'll jump in, but, um, I don't want the generic information we've all heard a million times before. I want something specific. And yes, it has to relate to me and my audience for sure. Right, right. But so here's something that I guess like when I'm pitching myself to other people's podcasts, I don't necessarily um, put here the things that we're going to talk about that I would offer to your audience. I look at it as like I'm trying to like open the door and start the conversation, now, now you as a PR agency, like, what are your thoughts on that? I like that for sure. Like open the door, start the conversation because sometimes like you have your ideas of what you want to talk about, but then your guest will say something and you're like, oh, let's go there. Let's go that way. Because I like the way that sounds, because I have also been interviewed by certain podcasters and it's such an unnatural conversation because you can tell they just have their list of questions and it's like, they're not even listening to my answer before they just go to the next question. When, if you listen to the answer, you may have a question that just comes up organically and it's an, it's a better conversation to have. So I like that as well. I mean, it obviously depends on the topic. Like there's so many different topics of conversation. Some are more like tangible step one, step two, step three, and other ones are like, like you asked me at the beginning of this, like, um, what, do, what do I think about being an entrepreneur or something like that? Like, you can't, that's not a tangible step one, step two, step three. That's like an in-depth talk about your experience, your thought process, all of that. So it and definitely, it, I mean, every podcast episode has a different goal. Um, I try to mix up the tangible takeaways versus the free flow conversation. Um, again, it just depends on the guest and what we're talking about. Yeah. And some of the questions that I asked you, like that very first question was just because that was something that you mentioned. 
So right. I'm just, I'm, I just look at it like interviewing is like coaching. Like I want to get super curious. Like, so what was that like? Like, especially since you never thought you were going to ever be an entrepreneur. Whereas I think like looking back on my childhood, there were, there were moments that like, I call them red flags. Like, you know, just like, Hey, this is sort of like a clue as to what's going to happen in your future. And just, but I don't, I don't come from an entrepreneurial family. So it was go to college, get a job, retire at that same job. (laughs) You know, that's what I was taught. And I did something completely different. And I'll tell you, in the beginning, my parents were like, are you working today? (laughs) I know. It's so funny. Like the way people react to things. Like my dad is an entrepreneur, but when I told him that I was starting my own business, he was like, no, 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 you need a job. It's like, I'm like, I think now people have come around to it. Just seeing like a job doesn't mean security. Like you got a boss who doesn't care about you. Like really your boss doesn't care about you. It's your job to make him more money, him or her mm-hmm. in this country, most likely him more money. And if you don't, you're gone. Like you have more security working for yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could go on and on, but you, yeah. you, know, you feel me. An- We're another, another episode. Okay. <laughs> We'll come back and have that conversation. What do you, what would be your piece of advice for women trying to um, get more visibility, get themselves out there, start their own business? I know that that's a huge open-ended question. Yeah, no, but I mean, I want to go back to busting that myth, like stop making excuses on why you're not ready. Stop being afraid of what people are going to think or being rejected this and that. Like if you're afraid of being rejected, then entrepreneurship is not for you. Um, I think you just need to go out there and do it. I, I really like starting with podcasts because regardless of whether you're selling a service or a product, people work with people they know, like, and trust. And when you build a personal brand and people get to know, like, and trust you, they will buy whatever you're selling. I mean, honestly, like there are some people with great personal brands and shit products and services, but because they have a great personal brand and they're out there everywhere, people will do business with them. So just think if you're amazing and you build your personal brand, like the sky is the limit. So I just think that you should, you should start with podcasts. I love podcasts because that's where I honestly see, I say ROI. It's not an investment of money. It's an investment of time because again, we're not paying for ads. Like this is all earned coverage. So I think where you see the biggest investment on your time is podcasts, just because the mindset of a person listening to a podcast is so different from somebody scrolling online or flipping through the channels. So just start pitching yourself to podcasts. That's all you have to do. Yeah. There's so many out there. There's so many, so many out there. Um, would you share with people how they can, um, get in touch with you, where they can find you. And I'm pretty sure you have um, something special for my list. Yes. So I keep talking about pitching and I know like people are like, Oh, well, what do I write? How do I do a pitch? Okay. I'm going to break all of that down. I have a free masterclass where I totally overshare a lot. And I share exact stories of how certain people got certain coverage with these pitches. I share exact pitches and all of that. You can access that masterclass at earnmedianow.com. There is an on-demand one, or you can watch a replay. You can watch one that's happening in the future. So whatever you want to do, earnmedianow.com is where you'll get all of that information. You can listen to my podcast. You can listen to Lorianne, be a guest on my podcast at Become a Media Maven. It's found just about everywhere. You can find your podcasts. And I'm on social media at Christina All Day. 
So that's about it for me. Fantastic. So I would highly recommend that people go watch this master, this master uh, class that's on demand and definitely follow Christina because she is a wealth of knowledge, not only with the stuff that she shared with us today, but just follow her in the future to increase your brand, increase, you know, your bit, your business's awareness, you know, so that people know, so that just people build that know, like, and trust. Just like you said, it's super, it's really much easier than we think it is. It is. People make it like a big deal in their head. And that's good in a way, because then you understand the perception other people will have when they see you in the media. That's right. You know, so like, that's why it works. That's why it works. But remember, people can't do business with you if they don't know about you. So they need to know about you. So get out there, get out there. And like I always say, be in demand. Thanks for hanging out with me. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And join me over in my private Facebook group for more tips, community, and free trainings. You'll find the link in the show notes. You can also help this podcast reach more listeners by leaving a review. And as a thank you, each month I pick one of my reviewers to win a free coaching call with me. So if you haven't done so already, please leave a review and you could be the next winner.